to those who knew him best in the gospel, they simply referred to him as Jesus over 600 times. Sometimes they used his title, Christ, or Jesus the Christ, or the Lord Christ, but usually they just called him Jesus. So he was, had an ordinary name, but he had an extraordinary mission, the Bible tells us. While his name was Jesus, the angel added, and this was kind of special for this little baby that was born on that Christmas. It says, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, you may know other people named Jesus or Jesus, however they pronounce it. But the important thing is, is they're not going to save you from your sins. They're just not. And as we prepare our hearts for communion time, I want to remind you that, you know, the time of year that we celebrate, so many people come to the manger and they begin to worship this baby that's in this manger. And I want to tell you that Jesus is not a baby. He's not a baby to be worshipped. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And we need to remember that. Someone wrote this, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need would have been money, he would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, he would have sent us an entertainer. But, beloved, our greatest need was forgiveness. So he sent us God, the Savior. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 3, it says, For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And to call Jesus Savior is to acknowledge him as God and to admit, admit your own guilt before him and thus your need for forgiveness If you think about the simple fact that Jesus was named after his father, I mean, he he was named your Savior, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. And the whole messianic mission, Jesus' whole mission on earth was to come and not just get a bunch of people to follow him and not just to... We've been going through Isaiah, and it says that he came that he might preach the good news to the poor. We looked at that. To proclaim freedom to the prisoners. To proclaim recovery of sight to the blind. To release the oppressed. Jesus came to do all those things. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. See, the one thing that Jesus came to do that we all need, he came to forgive us. Uh, John 3.18 simply states this, whoever believes in him, that is the Christ, the Lord Christ, is not condemned, is not judged. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. If you don't get anything else out of tonight, understand that God sent a Savior to save us from our sins. And that's part of the implication of God becoming man. Uh, What do we do with that? I mean, the Bible tells us that's what happened. But what's our responsibility? Well, first of all, I think we need to admit that we're sinners. 
We have to come before a holy God and realize that, you know what, we don't have it within ourselves to save ourselves. We may be good people. I think that there's good people in the world today that try to do good things and treat each other politely and nicely. That's fine. You can be good, but you're never good enough to get to heaven. That's the clear message of the gospel. So the first implication of the incarnation is that we come to Christ and we admit that we're a sinner and ask the Savior to save you. Um, We don't hear that message much today. We hear a lot about having our love tank full and building relationships and working on the economy and all these other sorts of things. But spiritually, if there's one thing that God wants to give you, it's forgiveness. And I think after you understand that, after you come into a relationship with Christ, um, because it's not just about what you do. The Bible says very clearly in Matthew 7 that a lot of people came before Jesus. They will come before Jesus and they will say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done this in your name? Haven't we done that in your name? Haven't we healed the sick? Haven't we helped the hungry and the poor? Haven't we done all these things in your name? And it's tragic to hear his response. You can check it out for yourself. He says, you know what? Depart from me. I never, ever knew you. And these are religious folks. These are people that are doing what religion teaches us to do. Love others as ourselves and help others and go to church and read our Bibles and pray. And yet, somehow they missed it. I pray, my prayer for you is that you don't miss the Christ in Christmas this year. So come to before a holy God and admit your sinfulness and ask him for forgiveness. And then secondly, it's very simple. It's give and forgive this Christmas. You know, a lot of times, I don't know about you, but the holidays in a lot of families can be difficult. Because families have issues, right? You've got in-laws and outlaws, You've got all this stuff going. Then you all get together for Christmas dinner and you wonder who's going to, you know, act up or who's going to get out of sorts or whatever. And you're kind of hesitant. A lot of people are that way. Uh, I, I just want to encourage you to give and forgive this Christmas. Um, is there someone in your life you haven't forgiven? Um, is there someone that you are holding a grudge against. Forgiveness is the virtue that we most enjoy and yet we least employ. And I think that that is so important. I remember hearing David Jeremiah preach and he said this, if there is someone you have not forgiven, you are not free. Someone has said that forgiveness doesn't make the other person right. It makes you free. And that is true. And so many times we carry burdens of guilt and revenge and heartache around. And the other people, they're not even thinking about it. So we need to move on. We need to give and forgive. And then thirdly, hold on to the hope when you don't know how to cope. Hold on to the hope that Christ offers us that God offers us in Christ. Um, There's a lot of people who are distracted. There's a lot of people who are down and out this time of year. 
And I pray that you wouldn't be discouraged from reaching out to those people and giving them a glimmer of hope. Um, that's what Christmas is all about. That, that night when Christ was born in that manger and we sing the carols and we read the, the Christmas story, but we become so familiar with it. After a while, we almost begin to tune it out and we just tune it in, you know, for a couple days in December every year. And God says, no, that's a message for us every day of the year. And before we have our communion time, and we're just going to allow you to come up and serve yourselves, but uh, I want you to watch this little video, and the words to the song to it are rather telling, um, and I pray that you'll uh, be blessed by that. You know, it really is about the cross. We love to celebrate this time of year, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, but um, do you understand that if Jesus just would have been born, if he never would have went to the cross, if he never would have died in our place, uh, his birth wouldn't have meant anything. Not only that, if he would not have just been born and died, but if he would have stayed in the grave, if that stone would not have been rolled away, if he would have not risen from the dead, then all his claims, all his promises would have been for naught. We wouldn't even be here tonight. There wouldn't be a Christmas. There wouldn't be churches. Uh, It would just be an empty belief, an empty promise. And yet thousands of years later, all over the world tonight, people are gathering in celebration of not only his birth, not only his death, but also his resurrection. Because all three of those go together. You can't just take one. And so I, I want to pray for our communion time, and, and then uh, I just want you to feel free to come up and take a piece of the cracker and the juice and go back to your seats and just quietly uh, take the elements yourselves. And, uh, and then we'll uh, close with a, uh, one last carol. But let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. And Lord, I know that we, just a simple gathering here. And Lord, there's not a lot of fanfare. But Father, we know the true meaning of why we're here. It's not to be entertained. It's not to just sing a bunch of music. But it's to really understand the message of the gospel as taught through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that some folks couldn't make it out tonight and maybe they won't be able to make it out tomorrow morning either, but Lord, I know that just coming to church unfortunately doesn't fix everything. That it really requires us to reach out to you and to grab a hold of this Savior that you sent and follow him with our hearts, with our minds, with our wills, with our souls. And when we do that, Lord, you equip us to do that, but when we do that, truly we understand salvation. We truly understand what it means to have our sins forgiven. And Lord, as we think of these elements, the juice and the piece of cracker that we'll partake of tonight in remembrance of your sacrifice 
on Calvary for us, Lord, for our sin. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness available. And so your son had to come and die in our place. And when we believe in that, when we follow that with our whole heart, then we can have that forgiveness and be reconciled to our God and Creator. So Lord, I pray tonight that we would just consider our own hearts and ponder these things as we partake. Father, I pray that you would just bless each one and bless these elements to our body. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.